Today on the show, I am going to dedicate this episode to one of my teachers who just passed away on April 5th, and his name is Guru Dev Singh. I will tell you some stories about me with him and also about his teachings. Stay tuned for that. Thank you again for sharing the podcast with your friends. I am glad when you do this, the ratings go up and the word gets out, and it makes me happy that you are enjoying the program. You can continue to support this by, again, sharing it with a friend if you think someone would enjoy this. And also, you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and this is, again, helpful. If you want to support it even more and you are enjoying the content that I'm providing for you, please make a donation. It doesn't have to be a huge donation, just something to cover some of the expenses and to show that you're enjoying this content that I am providing for you. You can go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button. And push the donate button and put in some amount and make a contribution. You can also go to the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, and go to the contact page and send me your questions. There's a couple of questions I have maybe for the next episode that I've gotten from listeners, and you give me some good questions. So continue to do this so we can be more interactive. And you can also go there to connect with me on all social media, connect with me on Instagram and also Facebook. And I'm starting a YouTube channel, so connect with me there. I'm going to be doing weekly YouTube videos that will be maybe 10-minute videos on some topic. It'll be different than the podcast, but it'll be in video form. So go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, so I get some subscribers, and I will begin this shortly. Okay, I think that is it. I'm in Arizona still, so anyone there, you're welcome to contact me for a hand analysis consultation or a follow-up session if you've already had one. And I'm Still trying to figure out some dates for workshops uh, now that things are opened up. Now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I, why? Beautiful am I. Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you, as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. My name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. For new listeners, thank you. And for old listeners, welcome back. Today on the show, I would like to dedicate it 
to one of my teachers who just passed away uh, on April 5th, and his name is Guru Dev Singh, and he is a teacher of Satnam Risayan. And so I'd like to talk about his teaching methods uh, and also a little bit about my experience with him because I met him and had some a very interesting experience in meeting him. And I'd like to share this with you and maybe you will enjoy this. But the bigger picture is what he really taught. And when I say taught, I think a better word would be what he showed you how to experience. And hopefully you can understand what I'm talking about after listening to this and maybe create some awareness about how you're experiencing yourself and your life around you. And it's related to many of the things I've been teaching. So he was a teacher of Satnam Rasayan. Uh, he was born in Mexico and traveled the world for, I don't know how many decades, teaching this. Every week he would be in a different country teaching this, just consistently teaching and teaching. And he's quite well known within the Kundalini Yoga community. I know many of my listeners are not Kundalini Yogis, uh, but some of you are. And so you, you, some of you already know who he is and what he teaches, and others don't. But basically, Satnam Rasayan is a method to heal people based on your own consciousness. And so in, in the word Sat Nam Rasayam, Sat means truth and Nam is name. And so what this means is a deep relaxation in the divine name or oneself rising to the essence of true identity. What is interesting is kind of the way that he came about learning this. So many of you in the Kundalini Yoga community know, of course, Yogi Bhajan, who brought Kundalini Yoga to the West. And he met Guru Dev and taught him this Satnam Risayan, but he taught him in the traditional way. So the, the traditional way of teaching wasn't so formal like we see today where you have your book and you have the teacher and they're lecturing you or showing you things. And certain respects, this way that I'm going to tell you exists today, but you're not aware of it. And the way he learned in the traditional way is just to sit by the master, not to hear his words and, and to hear him teach you how to do whatever it is that you're learning, but just it's almost like osmosis, just being next to him and feeling his consciousness and learning from this. And this is something that I've really, I don't know if you want to say focused on, but became aware of at a very young age, is that I can be next to someone and, and learn who they are and learn about them without any words. And now I think many people recognize this unconsciously at some to some degree and some people consciously in the strong uh, in strong situations where the energy is very strong but it's possible to to really take in the consciousness of people and all their knowledge just by being next to them if you're open enough and if you're aware enough and so this was how he learned satnam rasayan this healing method 
And it's this traditional way of healing that is based on self-awareness. And he learned it by just being next to Yogi Bhajan. And he was tasked with putting this ancient healing tradition into words, because it was never taught this way, and into then teaching it around the world and spreading it. And so he had to take this idea that was very abstract, right, is to experience someone's consciousness and then to learn how to heal their consciousness through your own. And I'll talk a little bit about this just to give you an overview, not to teach you how to do it, but just to give you an idea of how it's possible. And if you want, you can always pursue the people that he taught so that you can learn yourself. But he was a very interesting guy. And I'll I'll start by talking about the experience I had with him. So every year in, in Europe and also in the U.S., there's big Kundalini Yoga Festival. So my Kundalini Yogis know about this. And in Europe, it's in France. It's been going on, I don't know how many years, like 50 years or 40 years or something like this. And then the other one is the big one in New Mexico, which I think now the one in Europe is actually bigger. And so in, in the one in Europe, which I've been teaching at for, I don't know, the past 10 to 15 years, it's people from all over the world, but mainly Europe, but all over from Asia, from, from US, from all countries coming together for uh, seven or eight days and doing kundalini yoga and also white tantric yoga. But there's many workshops, and all the biggest teachers from the world come and teach at this this festival. And so you're exposed to a lot of the the really big teachers, and some of them I'll have on our, our program. I'm going to schedule a couple. But anyway, so the first couple of years I was at the festival and I was teaching, yeah, I was just it was just when I was really beginning to to teach so much and I would give hand analysis consultations at the festival, which I still do. And and now I'm a little known for doing that around the festival because I've been doing it for over ten years. But at the time I think it was maybe my second or third year at the festival. So this was quite some time ago. And I didn't know much about Guru Dev. I knew that he did Satnam Resign, but I really didn't know so much about what this was. I think I read the one of his books that he wrote, which I, I recommend if you want to get an understanding of it and you're not in a place where you can uh, learn it because there's no teachers, you can, you can uh, go to the show notes and I'll put a link to the book. I think maybe it's available on the internet somewhere. I don't know where but I'll, I'll put the links to it. And so I read this book, and so I knew this was my exposure to Satnam Resign, but I was really interested in, in being able to have a conversation with him, which seemed quite out of uh, touch, because, you know, you're walking around the festival, and he didn't really circulate the festival. When he would teach, he would teach, and then he'd go back to his, his room and give private consultations, and in this festival, most people camped out in tents, and then there was some dorm room-style rooms. And then there's one building, which is like a chateau, where some of the teachers stay. And and now I'm fortunate enough to stay in the chateau, because I'm not so much of a camping person. But at this time, I was not staying in the chateau. I was staying in one of the dorm rooms. And I wanted to meet him, 
And so I said, okay, I'm going to go up to him and ask if I can read his hand. And I thought this would be an interesting way to meet him. It would give me an excuse to meet him, and, and then it would give me opportunity to actually sit down with him and talk with him. And so, you know, you prepare the conversation in your head. Okay, I'm going to go up to this person and introduce myself and ask him if I can read his hand and, and when the next time I see him. And, you know, you prepare for all types of reactions, right? You say, okay, if he says, well, you're crazy, leave me alone, or, you know, all these possibilities of how he would react. Because I had no idea. I knew nothing about him other than the book I read and just an overview of what he taught. But I knew that he didn't really, you know, interact with people so so much there. He was more in, in his room giving private consultations. and and so. I saw him walking to the stairs of the chateau, and I remember, okay, here it is. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to try it, you know? And uh, so I, I go up to him and stop him as he's walking up the stairs to get into the chateau, and I, I go to introduce myself. And I say, oh, hi, my name is, and before I can say, he said, oh, I know who you are. And this was the probably the one response that I was not prepared for. <laughs> you know, all the other response, get away, leave me alone, I'm prepared for it. But this one, I, I, I didn't expect. He goes, I know who you are. People have told me about you. And I go, oh, okay. And I go, well, you know, I would like to look at your hand if that's possible. And he said, yeah, sure, come up to my room. So I said, okay, let me go get my notebook, which is in my room, and I'll come up to your to your room. So I go and I go to my room, and I get the, my notebook and my magnifying glass, and and, and I go to the, the chateau, and I walk up to the, the second floor that he's on, and, and as you walk down the hallway, there's a, a table with a secretary kind of sitting at it, you know, blocking the door so no one can go and bother him. And I said, okay, Guru Dave sent me to come to his room, and, and so she said, okay, hold on, and she disappears in the room, comes back out. And says, okay, yeah, he'll see you go in. And so I go in this room, and it's a quite big room. And there's one big bed against the, the wall, the headboard against the wall with a bunch of sheepskin on the bed. And there must have been about 12, 13 people walking and running around this room. He's laying, he's sitting on the bed with his back against the, the headrest and his feet is stretched out on the, on the bed, and there is someone sitting next to him where he's advising them about some, some way to heal themselves. And he turns to another person, he says, oh, get this person a meditation on the computer, this, and print it out for them. And so all these people are all his kind of students and assistants who are really helping him. And there's like 10 of them in there, and they're all running around busy doing, I mean, he says one thing, and they just run and do it. And so I'm walking in, and you feel like you're being summoned in by the king. This is what it felt like. It was really uh, the energy in this room and what was going on. It was really fascinating. And, you know, of course, I'm apprehensive, maybe a little nervous. And he must have noticed this on me. He says, ah, don't worry. This is, relax. This is just, uh, I I forget what he said. Come sit, sit down on the bed. It's okay. This is my office. It's fine. And so I sit down, and he's finishing up what he's doing, and these other people are, are getting things for him. Oh, get that guy a brochure for this festival or this uh, workshop. And so he, they're running and doing this. 
And so then that person leaves, but there's still maybe eight people running around doing things, and and uh, and I'm sitting on the kind of the side end of the bed, and he's got his back against the bed rest with his legs spread out, and and so there's a, a few feet distance, maybe a, a I don't know what would be about two meters away or a meter and a half, about a meter maybe I don't know, and. Uh, and so he starts to talk to me, and, and he says, you know, I, I can read hands, but I don't read the lines. I read shadows. And, and, and I go, what? He goes, yeah, I read the shadows. Let me show you. And so he called one of his uh, students over, and he started to look at his hand but, and read it. But as you're, he's doing this, you realize he doesn't need to look at anyone's hand. He sees everything on you. You know, he's just kind of playing around. And so he goes through this and talks about some things, and, and then he, I say, okay, can I look at your hand now? And so as I'm about to do this, I study his hand, and I usually when I give a consultation, the first thing, the first, I don't know, five minutes or so, I'm just studying the hand and taking notes, trying to put the story together, looking at the fingerprints, looking at the lines, the shape of the hand, and just taking notes so that I can tell the story when I, when I see it all together. And so I do this, I take all the notes, and I'm looking at his hands, and, and then when I'm studying my sheet and putting the story together and figuring out, okay, now I, I can see what's going on, I turn around, and on the sitting on the floor are now about eight to ten people, the students, and they're just silent, and they're just staring, you know, waiting to see what happens. And I look around, and he could probably notice my apprehension again and and say, don't worry, they know everything about me. You don't need to hold back. It's fine. They're okay. And and typically, when I give consultations, I do it in private because it's a very private experience. But then this one was different because typically when I'm giving a consultation, I'm doing it to help someone because they've come to me and they want to have some kind of assistance in their life, some help to understand aspects of their life, and I'm able to put their life together in this kind of framework of the soul's journey. However, when I'm reading someone who hasn't come to me for help, who it's maybe a friend or or someone like this, I'm not giving them advice because, one, they didn't come and ask for it, and, and and two, it's it's not my responsibility if they, they didn't. And so the way I do it is just give the information and then they can think about it how they want, and especially him, he didn't need to really know this. But um, so I gave the reading to him and in the middle, and like I said, he was from Mexico and, you know, I lived in Spain for seven years, so I know Spanish. And at the time, I think I was still living in Spain. And someone who was Spanish walked in the room, and he said across the room in Spanish, oh, you have to get a reading from Amar Jit. It's really good. And I don't think he knew I, I spoke Spanish, and I understood this. So this was kind of nice. And so I gave him the reading, and, and in fact, he had a marking on his hand that is quite rare that I have. And so this was kind of interesting when I find people who have the same marking. And I gave this reading to him, and then he started to ask me questions about my life and about me, and, and, and this was interesting. And when he got done, I said, now can I ask you questions? And he said, yeah, sure. And so, again, we're still sitting maybe about three or four feet apart. 
you know, he's got his back against the, the headboard again, his legs out, and I'm just sitting on the, the edge of the bed. So I start asking him questions about his teaching, because when he teaches, you know, he connects with all the students to be able to teach them what they need to know. And so my question is, okay, are you doing this individually or as a group and asking him how he's doing this? And, and it was, this was a very interesting point. So he started to talk to me and he talks, he's very soft-spoken and he, I think he does this one a little bit intentionally because then it draws you in a little more. And so then you have to listen, but it's also his personality. And so he started talking in the kind of slow, relaxed manner. And then I can just feel it getting more and more intense. And within, I don't know how long it was, 20 or 30 seconds, we seem to look like we got closer together, and I couldn't hear him speak. And the reason I couldn't hear him speak is because I was hearing a vibration, and this vibration was louder than his voice. And the vibration was this bubble. It was really, I, can, I, I saw it. it. It was a bubble that connected him and me. It was like this bubble of energy, of consciousness. I don't know what you, I guess you would call consciousness, but it looked like this bubble. And this bubble went from him to me. Now, I've heard many people who have got healing sessions with Guru Dave, and every one of them said that they felt it was an incredible experience because his energy was so powerful. And this is one thing of all the people I've met. I've met people who are literally literally geniuses. I've met people who have been self-realized, and they all have different consciousness and, of course, a different energy. But his capacity to control his consciousness was incredible, and you, and this is what I experienced. And so he's speaking to me, and he's explaining this process of what he does, and, and I'm recognizing that I can't hear him because this vibration sound is so loud, and I can just see this bubble. And it was like we were just connected in this way, and I started to panic because I couldn't hear him. And I thought, how can I respond to him if I can't hear if he's asking me a question or what he's saying? And then at some point, I just kind of relaxed and just recognized that I was feeling what he was saying through this vibration. And I was experiencing it, and I was visually seeing it through this bubble that, that, that had formed. And it was the most powerful experience I've ever had with someone focusing their energy onto me this way. And it was it was incredible. I, I think I had this was in the evening, and when I went to bed, I had such intense dreams, and it was just such a powerful experience that words, you know, I try to explain it, but I, I don't think you can really comprehend the weight of what I'm saying had happened because it was just so powerful. And we think, how is this possible that you can see, visually see the consciousness or this bubble, whatever it was, and then feel and hear this vibration? But I'm telling you, not only is it possible, it happened. And the next day, you know, I'm out in the the field at the festival, and I must have had about 10 to 15 people come up to me and say, oh, Guru Dave sent us to get consultations. And he just kept sending people to me. And so every year, 
he just kept sending more and more people to me. And in fact, in his room, because everyone had a communal dinner, but he had his own chef and uh, and he would have dinner in his room by himself or with his assistants or, or just a couple people that he knew. And I would go up there and have dinner with him. And this was my favorite part of the festival is to be able to sit down with him and talk about nothing, you know, just talk about whatever and to really just be next to him because you can feel his consciousness and you can, at least for me, I had learned a lot just being next to him. In fact, just the handful of times that I was next to him, I learned more from him, not because of what he said, but just through that vibration than I did, than I have from all the classes and teachers I've gone to. And so that's quite impressive. It's quite powerful. And so this was always my favorite to go sit there. And of course, the food was good. And I got to meet a lot of the people that worked with him as assistants and gave them all consultations. And and so this was my first experience with him. Then the next year, of course, I wanted to go up and say hello to him, to have an excuse to go and, and meet with him. And I remember the next year I went up and and he was in the room and and the door was closed and the secretary was by the door again at her table. And I said, oh, I I just came to say hi to Guru Dave. And she said, oh, he's not seeing anyone today or now. And I said, okay, that's fine. Just tell him the guy who read his hands last year just came to say hello. And, and she said, okay. And I went to walk away. And she came running back. She said, oh, no, he'll see you. Come in, come in the room. Because I, I think he was really, I don't know, impressed or he liked uh, my reading and, and liked, you know, so, something. And so so I said, okay. So I went in the room and there were two other people sitting in the room. And again, he was in the same place, sitting on his bed on the sheepskins with his back against the, the headboard. And there are two people sitting in chairs across the room. So they were maybe... I don't know, 10 feet apart from each other and from him, one on one side of the room and one on the other, and they were just kind of having a conversation. And so I walked in in the room, and before I got two feet into the room, he looked at me and said, what what were the exact words? He said, you wear your intuition like a party suit. And I said, what? What? He goes, yeah, your intuition is like a party suit. You put it on and you use it when you go out, but then when you go home, you take that suit off. And I said, okay. He goes, oh, you don't understand. Don't worry about it. And I said, okay. And so I sat down and we started to, you know, the three of us uh, that were, or the four of us now, me that being the fourth person, we were there and just talking about all kinds of things. I, I forget and he turned to me and he said, see that tree out the window? He goes, that tree has no purpose. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, it has no purpose. And so we got into this discussion because I said, no, it has a purpose. you know. And we got into this discussion and we started to get into not a debate, but just a discussion about the purpose of this tree and life and, and we started getting deeper and deeper. And about, I don't know how many minutes, uh, five minutes into the conversation, he stopped and he goes there, and all of a sudden I felt this 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 burst of energy just hit me from across the room. I'm ten feet away from him, and it was this this energy or this consciousness that hit me so strong that my eyes started to tear up. 
It was powerful. And he goes, forget about the tree. I don't care about the tree. I'm just trying to get you to this point. This is your intuition. And so what he was doing is he was teaching me the feeling of intuition. And so his type of healing is about recognizing vibration and and feeling. So everything, like I've talked about many times, everything is vibration. Everything is a feeling. Your body is not a solid. Your body is a bunch of atoms that are vibrating so fast that they appear to be a solid. This is life. Everything is just a vibration, and each vibration has a unique fingerprint, so to speak, or sensation. And we even call some of these feelings emotions, and we say this emotion or this feeling, this sensation is sadness, or this sensation is anger. And this is how we talk about the feelings, right? But everything is a feeling. In fact, your body is just a projection of the psychology which creates the feeling in the body. And we've talked about this. If you want to go back to the episode I talked about how to heal yourself is talking about how these emotions rise, right? Because we observe something from one of the senses and then we react to it. So we think, I like this or I don't like this. I have an attachment to it or aversion. And then this creates a feeling, which we call an emotion. And it does this for many people unconsciously, because these feelings are very subtle sometimes, that then this feeling resides somewhere in the body, depending on which psychological aspect of the mind it represents or stimulates. And then it creates a vibration in that part of the body, which then, if it's some kind of emotion and habit pattern or attachment, it resists the flow of prana through the body, causing different illnesses and eventually disease. And so this is a, a, a like I said, you can go to the, the episode on how to heal yourself to learn more about this. I think I got into more detail, and maybe one other episode I will do this again. But anyway... So everything has a very unique vibration, just like thinking, right? Every thought is a vibration, and some thoughts are very coarse vibrations, and some thoughts like that are coming from the unconscious are more subtle vibrations. And then if you think about things that are very negative, it creates a particular vibration compared to thinking about things that are joyful, right? And this is the whole theory behind Nod Yoga, the yoga of sound and mantras, which I'll get into another time. So the vibration of intuition is very unique, and it's a very subtle vibration. In fact, the vibration of thought is a much denser vibration than intuition. And so when you're thinking, that vibration drowns out the sound of intuition. So the way to hear the intuition is to stop the mind. And what he was teaching me is, one, that this is what the intuition felt like. Because when he was telling me, oh, you wear your intuition like a party suit, he was basically telling me, one, I I wasn't living my life connected to my intuition. I was doing it when I was going out to teach or when I was with people in public as kind of a a trick or not a trick, but a, a way to connect and a way to do this. But I wasn't really living through my intuition. And so what he was showing me, one is what it felt like. 
because before this, yeah, I knew I have this inner voice, but now I knew what that inner voice felt like, that it, that in that conversation about the tree has no purpose, what he was doing is trying to get me to start speaking through intuition and not thought. And when I got to that point, that's when he stopped the conversation and said, forget about the tree, this is what I'm trying to get at. And that's when I had this overwhelming sensation of emotion, and it was incredible. And I really understood the feeling that intuition creates. And so, just like any feeling, like for example, let's say you're learning how to play tennis. So you go to the tennis court to practice and you hit a hundred shots doing a backhand so that you know how the backhand feels when it's doing it properly and how it feels when it's not. So when you're in a match, that you can just try to recreate the feeling. And once you connect to that feeling, then it's easier to reconnect to it with anything you do. And when you learn the way intuition feels, or anything, for example, then it's easier to connect to that feeling again. And so now for me to connect to the intuition is, is uh, much easier than it was when I, didn't, I wasn't aware of the sensation in such a way. And so this is what I learned from that. And when you start to understand that everything is feeling, and this was his teachings— so his teaching was to heal people through these through these sensations. And the way, he, uh, just to give you a very coarse, uh, basic explanation of it, the way you would do it is you would sit down and imagine yourself sitting down in, in just a relaxed, maybe meditative pose or just sitting still. And when you sit still, you, you start to feel all the pains in the knees, maybe in the shoulders, or just different sensations, not even painful sensations, but just different sensations. Maybe you feel a tingling in your toes, a vibration in your leg, whatever it is. Or particular thoughts keep coming up, and those create a particular feeling. And so with Satnam Risayan, what you're doing is you're learning how to heal yourself through these sensations so that you can heal someone else. And the way you do that is you sit very still and you try to recognize all the sensations. And you try to feel them, not in the local place that they are, but just in your energy, in your consciousness. And you try to achieve the neutral space, which is called shunya. And this is a neutral space where there's no judgment and there's no uh, negative or positive. It's just there. You're just being. And when you're in this neutral space, then all these sensations start to dissolve because these sensations are from different judgments. We can say it's all oh, because my back is bad or this or that, but this all comes from your psychology. And so it's all from these judgments that are presented within the framework of the consciousness or the body. And so what you do is you try to achieve this neutral space with all these sensations by trying to not feel them in this local way and trying to not react to them. And when you, the, when you keep being still and not reacting even on a conscious level or a very subtle physical level, they start to dissipate, they start to, to go away. And when they do this, then you've kind of neutralized all these sensations, and then you connect to the person that you're trying to heal. 
and any sensation that you start to experience through when you put your attention now on that person is their sensations, is their resistance, is their judgment. And you go through that same process you did with your own, you go through these that process with their sensations that you're feeling and you're experiencing. And so by healing yourself, you're healing that person. And it's quite powerful experience if you've gone to anyone who has a lot of control over their consciousness, meaning that they're, they are able to focus their consciousness to absorb your sensations and then to become neutral with them, you can physically feel it. It, it is a very powerful experience. And, and the best person at this, of course, was Guru Dave. And, and I had a couple experiences with him with this, but when you get to a talented healer of his teachings, you can, you can also experience this. And it's something that you can practice on your own to heal yourself and to heal others. And I highly recommend to read his book and then maybe find a teacher in your area who is good at, at t- explaining this better than I am. Um, but it, it is quite fascinating because you're able to understand really how things are just vibration. I mean, I can say this and say everything is a vibration. And you can be on your headphones listening to this and say, yeah, I understand this. But it's an intellectual understanding. And when you start to experience the vibrations individually and able to understand them and and connect to them at will, then you start to have a more fascinating life because it's, it's really understanding the cause and effect better. It's understanding the relationship of your mind and your body and of your consciousness and also of how to reenact these connections to your intuition. And this is also why when people become self-realized or get close to becoming self-realized, that they start to understand the vibration of truth because truth has its own vibration. And once you tune into it, it's very easy to understand the truth without even knowing what is being talked about. And we can do this at a very coarse level. You know, you can talk to someone and understand, oh, this person is lying to me or not being honest or holding back. But when you can do this at a very subtle level, you start to know truth. And this is why people who become self-realized or, or are close to this are able to really connect to truth and understand the truth of all, of how nature works, how life works. And this is a very important part of self-awareness. It is the process of self-awareness. And this is why it's interesting when I counsel people, and they tell me, oh, I'm overly sensitive, I'm too sensitive, and they don't understand that. That's actually a gift. Now, what they're really saying is that they're too reactive because this is the problem. But you want to cultivate sensitivity. This is the whole point of life and the whole point of yoga. And the whole point of yoga is going from the coarse to the subtle, and the most subtle being the vibration of God. And this is why you go to yoga, is to become more sensitive. And if you're very sensitive, well, then you've been working on this maybe in past lives and you have a, an ability to connect to the sensitivity. This is a gift. It's not a curse like most people think. But the reason they think this is because they are talking about 
the sensitivity that they're reacting to. So they're feeling the, all these emotions, all these feelings, and they're reacting to them. And, and this is what the curse is. This is the reaction, not the sensitivity. And so if you can learn to not react, that sensitivity you want to cultivate. And Satnam Rasayan is a great way to practice connecting to this vibration of truth. And so that was a very powerful experience with Guru Dave, the second one. And then every year, again, I would go into his room and, and, and sit with him and have dinner with him. And each year, he would pick something else about me and say, oh, you're not doing this right. And, and then he would find a way to express it. And it was very, yeah, very fascinating, those experiences, because like I said, I've never experienced anyone that was able to control their consciousness in such a powerful way and direct it. And if you speak to any of his students, you, you will see this. In fact, I, I think I only went to one or two of his workshops because I learned more from just having dinner with him than going to these workshops. But the way he would teach was interesting because he would hardly talk. He would sense what the people were going through and give them a meditation or some movement to get them to feel and experience the vibration he was talking about. And so in a full-day workshop, maybe he said a few sentences, but he'd be like, okay, I think you guys don't know what this is, this feeling I'm talking about, so now put your arm this way and, and chant this mantra, and, and then the whole energy would change in the room, and he would experience this and be able to teach this way, and, and this was really impressive. And it's something that I've tried to cultivate because, as you can probably tell if you've been to my workshops or this podcast, listen to this podcast, I like to talk. But I've tried to learn to balance this with really connecting to the student's energy so that I can understand what's going on with them to express what I need to. And 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 this is one thing that's been a little challenging in this podcast is when I'm teaching it seems a little easier for me to connect to the intuition because, I, one, the students are in front of me, and I'm not as conscious that I'm being recorded and this type of stuff. And so it's still something I need to cultivate better on this podcast, but it's something that I'm able to do in the workshops or in counseling, I think, much better. And hopefully one day I'll be able to do this better in the the podcast. Uh, but I'm sure it's improved a little bit from the early episodes. And so this is my experience with Guru Dave, and he would always send people to me every festival. He would send all the his students to me to get consultations, and, and it was a really, for me, a, a very important relationship in my life because I was able to really learn a lot from, one, how he just interacted with life, and also, two, by how he interacted with me and was able to see things in me that I was not so conscious of, and then in a very experiential way, make me conscious of it. Because he could have went on to explain what he meant by me not wearing my intuition or wearing my intuition like a party suit. He could have, with words, which I would have probably done in, in, in that time, explained it with words. But he just said, okay, you don't understand, and I can sense this, and I'm not going to try to explain it to you. But then he tried to, or not tried to, but he allowed me to have this experience, which then he pointed out, now you're having this experience. 
And this was really, I think, the most important aspect of his teaching is that he was able to create the space for you to experience something rather than to tell you about it. And so he wasn't a person that was a, a very talkative in his, his teaching, but he was able to create the environment for you to recognize the experience. And this is very important because many people know things at an intellectual level. And this is really not true knowing. True knowing is only through experience. You can know something through a teacher, what someone told you, what you read, or, or through you know your, your observation and your reasoning. But until you experiencing until you experience it, you don't truly know it. And he was really good at helping you experience what he was trying to teach instead of trying to tell you about it. And this is something I've, I've tried to cultivate and I continue to. And like I said, it's easier for me to do this when I'm sitting across from the students uh, in physical relationship to them, to feel their consciousness and to connect to them. And then because I'm not sitting in front of a microphone in my room and the computer, it's easier. But uh, I think it's possible also to create this experience for the listeners and and maybe I'll I'll have to figure out a different way to do this than I do in person and maybe we'll do this through maybe more guided meditations or 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 something like that but it's something that I I definitely want to work on and now I'm a little more inspired to do that you know thinking about these experiences I'm telling you of and, and this was one of these important relationships. But what I suggest for you is to look at all your relationships and try to learn how to experience the vibration of the people that you're around instead of with words. I think there's nothing more powerful than being with someone for hours, but be in silence with them. And try to learn how to connect to your own sensations and then the sensations of the people that are around you without using words. Because often the words are really a separation. And I noticed this when I had a friend and we would sit in silence together and only talk if it was really necessary. And one thing I recognized is that I had the urge to talk when there's silence just because it was emotion coming up. And I would think, well, why do I want to say this right now? What is the importance of it? And then you recognize that you do a lot of talking to manage the feelings that you are experiencing. And because sometimes they're uncomfortable in the silence of just experiencing them is frightening. And so this is what I recommend for you is try to experience the people in your life, and connect this way with the, with the things that you're doing and with the people and see how you're able to determine and, and feel the vibration of them. And you can do this at some level, and what you want to do is practice doing this to get at a deeper level. And one way to get deeper is to learn how to silence your own self, be able to sit still without moving, because all unnecessary movement 
is just a distraction from the unconscious becoming conscious. And so that is my recommendation is to try to experience your own sensitivity, to experience that of the people and the places that are around you. Thank you, Guru Dave, for sharing your love through your teachings and your life and the wisdom that you shared with me and everyone else. Wishing you continued love throughout your journey. A call, a call. Wahe Guru. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. It was a special show for me because I, you know, will miss my teacher, Guru Dave Singh, and, you know, he had a big impact on my life. I hope that in some way what I've said or turning you on to him and his teachings will impact your life in some way. And I think it's important what he taught, and I hope that it continues to be taught uh, by his students. So again, go on uh, the storyofmepodcast.com website and you can get uh, any links to him and, and I'll try to put a link to his book so you can go and the connect with that there in the show notes. You can also share the podcast with a friend and help me out, spread the word. If you're enjoying the content, you can go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, you can make a donation. And this is very helpful to cover the expenses of the podcast and uh, connect with me on all social media. So from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Why, Guru, why, Guru, why?